Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, October 4th. It's my niece's birthday. Happy birthday, Maya. Love you. And have to shout out, you know, I don't think she listens to my show because I honestly don't know if like 14-year-olds are listening to podcasts. Is she 14? She's 15 today. Do 15-year-olds listen to podcasts? I feel like podcasts are really, really popular in the 30, well, maybe 25 to however old arena. I don't know if 15-year-olds are into podcasts, but they're probably into YouTube. So shout out, Maya. Um, I hope you're having an amazing day. Those of you that are new here, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for subscribing, giving it a thumbs up, comment, tell me where you're from, talk to me, introduce yourself. And then of course, if you want further conversation with me, join the conversation over on Facebook at the Daily Dose of Donna Facebook group. We have so many fun conversations in there and it's really, really um it's really awesome. I love it over there. You guys, we have so much to talk about. The second I wrapped up yesterday's show. The second I wrapped up yesterday's show came out the trailer, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills trailer. You know I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about Dancing with the Stars, not the entire show, trust me, but the Beverly Hills Real Housewives connection. We're going to talk about uh, a little bit about Travis and Taylor, some new developments that people are – it's less about Travis and Taylor. It's more about everyone's reaction to Travis and Taylor. We can mention a little bit about Kim and Croy acting a fool. And then finally, we will touch on Jeff Lewis and his after show. And I know that you guys are, a lot of you are the Jeff Lewis listeners. You guys found me through uh, some of my Jeff Lewis content. So that's why I like to cover it because I'm a fan just like you guys. Um, So let's start with Dancing with the No, actually, mm mm-mm. Mm-mm. Let's start with Travis and Taylor. Travis and Taylor. Oh, someone is telling me your, your show will be interrupted by an emergency t- test at two twenty p.m. Uh, or I guess eleven twenty a.m. Pacific time. We'll have to see. It's a live show. This is what happens when you go daily dose of Donna. It's a live show. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm not stopping my life. We'll have a fun little moment in it. Okay. What is it? What is these nation? What are these nationwide tests? Nationwide is on your side. Not sponsored. I always think about growing up in the 80s. Do you guys remember growing up in the 80s and you would just be sitting at home and all of a sudden your TV would have like, "Eh," and it would be like colored bars. That's all I remember from those days. The good old days of staying home sick and being home, you know, back in the day, watching Price is Right with a little bit of Days of Our Lives. And if I was lucky, I would get like a Golden Girls in there. I would get a Small Wonder. Elf. Okay. Anyway, let's get into it. 
So Travis and Taylor obviously were seen together over the weekend. Not really together, together, but everyone knew they were together and she was at the game. Fine. We don't need to talk about that. People were freaking out. Why didn't she leave with Travis afterwards? Why did she go to a bar separately from him? Well, because he is not from New York. The game was in New York and it's protocol that he has to get right on a flight and fly on over back to wherever they were going with his team, probably home. Since this second week of, what are we calling it? There's, there's trailer or Tavis. Which one do we like? They're both pretty bad. I'm just going to be honest. The world is divided. There are super, super fans and loving this and really eating it up. And then there's people that are so disgusting, disgustingly angry at the NFL and at the whole kind of hubbub around this relationship. So I'm curious from you guys where you stand. If you want to know where I stand, I probably don't care enough. But if I did have to pick a side, it would be pro their relationship. I think it's cute. Now, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. You guys know the um, the account House Inhabit. So I will be honest, House Inhabit is a fun watch for me. I like to watch her account because there is some sort of um, – like entertainment that comes from her posting a lot of conspiracy theory type stuff. And I really used to like her a lot. The Danny Masterson Scientology case, she lost me. Because Jessica, the woman who runs that account, she likes to question a lot of things. She likes to question the way the media is running things, which I am totally for. I don't believe everything we hear in the media is true. So I like that open mind. I didn't like her opinion when it came to the Danny Masterson thing. I thought it was a little bit one-sided and it was a little bit not believing victims. That's not who I am. It didn't, it didn't sit well with me. But she popped up in my feed the other night. You know, I watch her stories if they pop up. It's one of those things. And she was going off on how the Travis and Taylor relationship, this is really wild, y'all. In my opinion, it's wild. Maybe some of you guys think. Is a politically driven, forced relationship so that it can distract us from something else that's really going on in the world and in the media. Also, she also thinks that it's Gavin Newsom backed because a And I don't know the research on this, but apparently Travis is, they call him Mr. Pfizer. Pfizer is uh, obviously one of the vaccines for COVID. He must have signed some sort of endorsement deal with them. I know Aaron Rodgers, the the quarterback for the Jets, was on some sort of a podcast yesterday and called him Mr. Pfizer. Um, I'm sure that's a little bit of a dig. Anyway, he... This this account, House Inhabit, is going as far as to say that Gavin Newsom is forcing this relationship so that the whole um, pro-vaccine democratic um, take is going to influence Taylor fans. Does that make sense? Now, this is a stretch, in my opinion. Taylor is incredibly influential though. We do know that, right? We do know that Taylor is, um, Taylor can say something, wear something, do something, buy something, eat something, and everyone will do it. That's who Taylor is. Like she really does have that power. She did get hundreds of thousands of people, I believe, I could be wrong on that, to register to vote when she kind of started speaking out about this. She is someone that likes to speak her mind and we've learned this now. If you watch her documentaries and stuff, she's very open about her, you know, 
political feelings now. And she's she's in a position in her life where she can be. She is so successful that she can be and she's not scared. Maybe she's scared. I don't know. I don't know a lot about Travis in terms of, um, you know, his political sides or whatever. I don't know. But this seems like a stretch. Why can't we just think that they were, you know, flirting with each other and he hit on her and she said, yeah, let's date. And they're dating. It does seem to be all over the media. It does seem to be taking over. Like Sunday night was crazy when I'm telling you, I I go to Daily Mail a lot. And not just their showbiz or their sports page were all Taylor and Travis. It was all of their main U.S. news page was Taylor Swift at Travis Kelsey's game. That's nuts. There's no reason that that needs to be like all over front page news. It is a story, but it's not the story, the only story. So it was a little bit of a slow news day maybe or, you know, whatever. So House and Habit now has feuding with my girl Dumois, Dumois's you know, I was on her show uh, last month, two months ago. I love Do. And her whole account is, and she has millions of followers, her whole account is posting celebrity blinds, celebrity gossip, things she's hearing from real life people that are involved, PR people, agents, whatever, and then also taking people's sightings and spottings and et cetera. And someone asked her about Taylor and Travis, and she commented something along the lines of, I think it's cute. Like, why can't we just accept that maybe it's a cute little relationship? A little bit about what I'm, you know, what my feelings are. So House in Habit takes a screenshot of Dumois' content, her story, posts it to her account, to her stories. Now, remember, House in Habit wasn't tagged. So this is really out of left field. Screenshots Dumois' story and says, like this, like crazy Yas Queen type of energy. She's making fun of Dumois. Well, if you know Dumois at all, you know that this is literally her bread and butter. It's talking about celebrities and dating and stuff. So of course she's going to cover it. And why would she be against it? Like there's no reason to be against it at this point. And then House and Habit said, posted another story tagging Dumois saying, why don't you just stick to your, you know, who's grabbing coffee and, and celebrity sightings. Really demeaning, really against another hardworking. And Du is literally, we don't know who she is. We have a feeling maybe we know who she is, but we don't know who she is. She is one of the hardest women working in show business. She's an author. She runs multiple accounts. She has a weekly podcast. She has a newsletter. Of course, she probably has a team, but this woman works her ass off. And so for House and Habit to come after her and start taking her down out of left field, remember she was not tagged. She wasn't, it's very Bethany-like. Do you know what I mean? It feels like a Bethany moment. Like, let me take down this other person that has nothing to do with me. And then Dumont DM turns like, why are you doing that? Why are you reading my account? And then, um, and then House and Habit like came back after her. I don't like this kind of behavior because it does feel very much of, um, I hate saying it, but like it does feel a little bit like a bully behavior. It does feel like a picking on someone behavior. There are different accounts out there. It's like when I get a comment on TikTok, this happens all the time, you guys. When I get a comment on TikTok or here on YouTube, where the comment will be something along the lines of like, oh my gosh, get a life. Why do you even care? And I'm talking about Kyle Richards. I'm like, 
girl, it's my, it's my business. It's my business. <laughs> like I run a daily show. There are people out there that run daily shows, weekly shows, YouTube, blogs, write books on the most mundane things. You guys, this morning I YouTubed, searched on YouTube, um, how to find or how to fix my fish tank filter, you know, for my aquarium inside. And there is an account that has hundreds of YouTube videos on this. They care about fish tank filters. That's the thing. We all have our own niches and our own like obsessions and that's what we should do. And speaking of, I taught my first of the four classes of my podcast class yesterday with the most amazing women. Shout out to all of you guys. There was 11 of us and all these women have podcasts that they want to start about the most different topics. We had doctors, we had um, real estate, we had health coaches, mothers, um, showbiz, gossip type. It was just awesome. It was really awesome. So stop picking on other creators for being obsessed with doing things that they literally make their money doing. Okay? Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I mean, you can do whatever the hell you want. I'm just saying to house and habit. Like, Pick on someone your own size. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I feel. They both have a ton, ton of followers though. Okay, let's keep it moving. Oh yeah, Travis Kelsey did have a new episode of his New Heights podcast with his brother. That podcast is killing it right now. Obviously, it's number one. And um, he he was joking that Taylor put me on the map. I love that. Very cute. Okay, let's talk for a, f- a few seconds about um, Kim and Croy. Apparently, TMZ, I did not see... I'm getting the na- the national test right now. I wonder if we're all still here. I did get the test, but we're back. It's not that bad. Um, and it came a little early. So uh, Kim and Croy apparently had some sort of a another showdown in August, but the body cam footage was released by TMZ today. I have not watched it. Someone told me about it, and I saw the headline. And I, I guess what was happening was Kim was barric- – I mean, Croy was barricading himself in his bedroom. Cops were called. Let me just tell you something. And I said it to my pre-show peeps over on TikTok. This is like, this is, this is like saying, um, you know, let me try to think of something. This is like saying Mauricio has white teeth. And I say this honestly, Kim and Croy do not in any way equate to a healthy relationship or a healthy divorce. For them to go on over and call the police and barricade themselves in rooms and yell about sex and this and this and that and about she's gambling all my money and I want a divorce. No, I don't want a divorce, but yes, I do want a divorce. And I, I, I can't. I, I'm, I'm moved on from Kim and Croy, I think. Unless something really big happens, I think we have to just jump over the Kim and Croy hubbub because you know what? House and Habit should actually focus on Kim and Croy. I think they're a distraction from what's really happening. And what's really happening is Mauricio embarrassing the crap out of himself on Dancing with the Stars. Oh my goodness, y'all. I struggle with the Mauricio of it. Because Mauricio, to me, all I've heard is nice things, right? I really have. I hear he's a nice guy. I hear that he's really cool. I hear he's a hard worker. I hear he's good at his job. I hear he's a great dad, okay? So let's try to separate who he is in real life. I'm like Bethany. It's the machine. It's the machine. It's, let's separate who he is in real life. And let's move on to the dancing with the stars of it before we get into the Beverly Hills trailer. 
So I didn't watch the entire show last night because it airs at 8 p.m. and there's so many commercials and I was busy with my kids, et cetera. But Mauricio posted on his Instagram stories about the fact that it's Latin night and he had the, the balls to take off his shirt in his dressing room and film himself in his mirror doing when I tell you the most awkward hip circle moment you've ever seen in your life, especially knowing that this is a man in his 50s, this is a father of four, this is a, I mean, he's still married even though they're really not, let's be honest. What is happening? Then they do us the favor of giving us a picture of like six of the guys with their shirts off. And sure, like, I'm okay with seeing Tyson Beckford without his shirt. I am. But to see Barry Williams next to Mauricio, next to Harry Jowsey, next to Tyson Beckford, it's like my eyes, it was real weird, real weird. I don't think that's a good, I'm not at Chippendales. I don't want to see that. It's back to my Valerie Cherish from the comeback. I don't want to see that. Do you guys remember that show? The best show ever, Lisa Kudrow. I don't want to see that. Um, so it was a lot. Now, Mauricio got screwed week one because he got the, um, the jive. Now the jive is a kind of dance that's very fast feet and it's very like fifties. You remember like do, 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 whatever. I never thought Mauricio was going to be able to nail a, a dance like that, but Mauricio is a Latin, right? He's a Latin lover. That's his portrayal that he has on the show. And in his uh, stories, his Instagram, he's like, I'm Latin. I'm going to, I know how to move my body. Absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. Right? I know how to move. And he's showing us the hip roll. And he goes out there dancing the, was salsa, the cha-cha, one of those. It was such a fail. He clearly like blanked on half the dance. It felt very much like he was uncomfortable. It felt out of step with his uh, partner. And of course, she had to rip his um, his shirt open for uh, like the part of the dance, which like you guys have to remember, we're talking about Mauricio here. Mauricio, okay, now I will be honest. Mauricio was known as, not in my opinion ever, if I'm going to be truth. I mean, you guys know my type, right? Craig. Mauricio was known as the hottest house husband, right? Like that was his kind of shebang over in the um, Bravo universe. Anytime people would ask on Watch What Happens Live or any of those shows, like he was like, oh, you know, he is the one. He's the hottest. And I do think Mauricio was a very good looking guy, but something about him in the last few weeks, I think since the press and since the drama about the divorce, the, the whatever, and then dancing with the stars and everything we're seeing over there, I am not feeling Mauricio. A lot of you guys are feeling the same as me. I think it's the new, I agree, someone exactly when I was just saying it, Nikki said, I heard it, I think it's the new teeth. He's got these white chompers, you know. Okay, so. Absolutely. <laughs> Me and my props. It was bad. It was bad. I also feel like for a 50-some-year-old man who has children, 
who has one of the biggest businesses you can only imagine if you guys know real estate and if you guys know about like the kind of stuff that the agency covers, right? They're selling 10, 15, $30 million homes along with just like $2 million homes. But all the time they're selling massive money. They have so many agents under them. It is a huge empire. It is an empire of real estate and he is the top of it. So you're the top of this huge business. You have two reality shows, Beverly Hills and now Buying Beverly Hills. You have a Real Housewives and Buying Beverly Hills. You are the father of, of four kids. You're in your 50s and you are choosing to not only forget Dancing with the Stars, it is a little thirsty, but you're also choosing to take part in this media circus of the separation of Kyla Mauricio. And that on its own is enough for me to lose all respect. Housewives, fine. You want to be that low that you want to create some sort of crazy media circus around something, fine. But the husbands, it kind of reminds me of when you have a husband, like, have you ever gotten in an argument with your friend's husband's? There was a time um, back when my kids were in preschool when a girl and I had a little bit of a falling out. It was a long story, but she had a falling out. And we had a falling out. And I really liked her husband. He was a really nice guy. And he did all the drop-offs and pickups. So I would see him more than I would see her. And we would all hang out and stuff. And then I go to school one day and I see him. And the way that he acted towards me was so rude so cold, so like involved in the drama. Like he wanted to be part of our little crew in terms of like getting in it. And I think there's something nice about standing up for your wife. So if that was the case, then that's fine. But there's also a difference between men that like to like actually be invited into the drama. We see that with a lot of house husbands. We do, but I never saw it with Mauricio before. And now seeing it, in the Morgan Wade, Mauricio Kyle drama has really turned me off. So let's get into the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, by the way, just just to finish off the Dancing with the Stars, he got a 12 out of 30. I think he got that last week too. He's not a good dancer, which is really, really out of character for someone when you think about who Mauricio is. He's not a good dancer. But he um, he got a, a 12 out of 30, and, but, and he managed to stay in the show. Jamie Lynn Spears went home, which is – Kind of surprising, but not. I don't think Jamie Lynn Spears has a huge amount of fans out there. And it really is about fan favorites and getting them to to vote you in. And I didn't watch the whole show yesterday, so I don't even know how Jamie Lynn Spears did as a dancer. But I don't think she has that, like, charisma. She doesn't have riz, right? Isn't that what we talked about? Like, the riz factor is gone. Um, Okay. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills releases its trailer yesterday. Wow. Wow times 46,000. Who has watched it? If I'm going to give you guys a suggestion, if you've watched it once, watch it two times. If you've watched it three times, watch it five times. Every single time you see it, it gets better. It is so freaking good. I am hoping, crossing my fingers and praying that it's not just the trailer and they actually have a good show because you know that that's possible too, where they create this like insane, amazing trailer. And then you're like, where's the actual dirt? I was talking to a couple of my friends yesterday and they were saying, this feels, 
Okay, well, first let me give you a little like um, update on what the trailer was about. They had like some fluff as they always do. Well, it first starts with, um, you know, people saying like, oh, are Kyle and Mauricio together? What's going on with them? What's happening with their marriage? And you see that there's obviously drama. Kyle cries to Erica about like, I just don't know what to explain about our marriage. And then it stops and then it goes into like the fun part of the trailer, which is like, I'm in Vegas. I'm partying. We're doing this. We're dancing. We're laughing. We're, we're having fun, whatever. And then it gets into back into Morgan Wade. And this is where it gets a little tricky. They show Morgan Wade um, and Kyle and a guy sitting on a uh, couch and the guy interviews Morgan or, I mean, asks, I don't know if it was an interview or just a conversation, asks Kyle, um, so how did you guys meet? And Morgan goes, well, she stalked, she stalked me. She stalked me. I have to do her voice well. I have to work on it. And Kyle shoots her a look of, I mean, if you're watching live right now. Yes, she was like, don't say that. Say it more. Don't say that. Such a flirt. I'm going to make you love me. Then we see. Um, the other girls like asking, what's going on with you and this Morgan girl? You got, you tattooed her name, your name on her arm. And then you see that Kyle is actually drawing that K that we saw showing up on Morgan's arm later on in real life, you know, face reality 16. My girl, Eliza had been like keeping an eye on all of these things on her Instagram. And then, um, and then we see, you know, Kyle giving a face like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> And then there's a conversation between Mauricio and Kyle where Mauricio goes, I'm just happy it's not me that has in, having an affair. And she goes, for once. And his face is like, uh -huh. <laughs> his face is like, uh -huh. Now, I posted a TikTok and an Instagram reel about this yesterday, and a lot of you guys were, well, they're just talking about the, the rumors. They're just having fun. And I'm like, yes, they are talking about the rumors, but – it is really nice to finally see that they are admitting out loud that there are multiple affairs throughout the years about Mauricio having affairs, multiple affairs, multiple rumors about Mauricio having affairs. So just to give you guys a heads up, this Mauricio having an affair rumor has been going on for years. Number one, season one, your husband will never emotionally fulfill you. Okay. Know that. Alison Dubois. Then we have Lisa Vanderpump mentioning it once to Kyle and her flipping out. Then we have Kyle at that white party where that one woman was like touching Mauricio and she was like, get off my husband, which was crazy. Then we have all these Daily Mail articles that are coming out through the, through the days about, you know, apparently she was having, he was having affairs. One Daily Mail article was about maybe him having an affair with someone in the trans community. I don't know. I did get a DM yesterday, you guys, hot off the presses. Now, I, I'm not Dumois, so I'm not posting blinds, but I did get a DM yesterday that from this one doser who listened to the show and said, I don't know. I didn't know that they didn't have an open relationship because I can't remember if she said she was out or her friend was out a few years ago and he was at a bar in Los Angeles all over another man. This is what the DM said. She said it was so obvious that he was like with another guy. And I was like, wait, what? Because I've heard all the affairs about him with women, but I've never heard affairs of him with a man. And then someone sent me that Daily Mail article that I just mentioned. 
I mean, no judgment. You want to be with women, you want to be with men, you want to be with anyone, that's fine. But like, call a spade a spade, you have an open marriage, especially if she knows about the affairs. And there's a part of me that feels like she does know, she has known about the affairs because A, you're not stupid, right? Kyla Richards is not a stupid person. And I think that there's enough people that were probably in Kyle's corner that would give her the update and not like hide it. Um, Number two, the reaction that Kyle had at that white party a few years ago. You guys, try, I'm trying to remember, like remind you guys, I don't know what season it was, but it was in their house. It was in their backyard a few seasons ago and he's just chatting and some blonde chick that either he works with or whatever comes up to him and she's like kind of hugging on him or whatever. And Kyle comes up to her and she pulls this woman off and she goes, get off my husband. Don't you touch him like that or whatever. And Mauricio just kind of slinks away. I was thinking to myself if this happened to Lance and I at a party. Now, Lance Lance and I are just natural flirty people, so it wouldn't be so out there that we'd be talking to a guy or a girl. It's not that weird. But I would never react this way because this woman is possibly like someone that wants to hire Mauricio or a colleague or something. So I honestly feel like the way to handle something like that is you go, honey, can you come over here for a second? And I would pull Lance away and be like, what's up with that chick? Can you keep her off of you? That's what I would do. Kyle's reaction was so big and so crazy over the top, especially on camera, that made me think there's clearly an issue right? Don't you agree? There's clearly an issue there of cheating and of affairs if that's how you're reacting when you see your man hanging out at a party with you at your house and some chick is like touching him. It's something, right? Now, I am getting theories up the wazoo from you guys. The theory that feels like the most accurate is this. Kyle and Mauricio get together 27, 28 years ago or whatever. Mauricio is, now this is, by the way, I have to just like remind you guys, this is just a theory. It's my theory. It is not confirmed in any way. Got it? Okay. Kyle and Mauricio get together 27, 28, 30 years ago or whatever. Kyle has a young daughter, Farah, and she has an ex-husband. Kyle was probably, you know, struggling at that time in terms of her acting career. She meets Mauricio. Mauricio comes from a good family. We've met his mom before. She's like a a marriage therapist, Estella, I think her name is. I don't think Mauricio comes from poverty, in case that's what you guys are thinking. I think he did come from money, right? Then he goes over to work for Rick Hilton. They work together for a few years. I have no idea the exact timeline, but clearly he's doing well. Clearly it's a nice family affair. Kathy and Kyle, Rick and Mauricio, I'm sure everything was going well. And I don't know exactly the year, but at some point, Kyle, I mean, Mauricio decides to leave Hilton and Highland and start his own company, his own firm, the agency. Of course, that's going to drive a wedge between any family or any friendship, right? No matter what, if you leave someone and you start your own business that ends up actually doing really well, that's going to obviously drive a wedge between you and your now competitor, your former boss. But this is even worse because this is now brother, brother, brother brother-in-laws, right? 
So Kyle obviously was team Mauricio this entire time. They start doing well. They start getting more and more successful. He's a good looking guy. She's getting prettier by the day. As if you know, if you look at old pictures, like Kyle looks the best that she's ever looked right now. And my guess, my gut, and my guess is that as he's getting more successful and she's at home, she's with the kids. And I am rewatching Beverly Hills, not really like regularly, but I rewatched season one recently. Do you guys remember I talked about this? And Kyle's obsession was her children. And I get this, by the way, because I'm a little obsessed with my kids, but her obsession was her kids. And so there's a part of me that wonders, do you think that at this time with his business killing it and him getting all this attention, money, fame, now they're on a reality show and her obsession is the kids and now she's on a reality show. And maybe at this time, around this time, Mauricio was getting a little bit, uh, engaging in some funny business on the side. It's what I've heard from many, many sources over the years. Okay. But she is willing, in my guess, in my eyes, to turn a blind eye to it. She's not um, proud of it and she's not happy about it, but blind eye because look at Kyle Richards' life in this moment. She has everything at her fingertips. She's like the star of a new reality show. Now she's in a few years, whatever. Their amount of money is unheard of, you guys. The amount of money that Mauricio and Kyle make together is unheard of. They are buying nicer and nicer homes. They have kids that are in the media and getting older. It's public persona through and through. Do I think she loved Mauricio and loves or loved? Yes, absolutely. So I think sometimes it's like, do I want to know about the affair? No, because if I know about the affair, I have to act on that. And I don't want to act on that because everything is fine in my perfect home with my 46 dogs, which I always thought was a little bit of a weird void filler and, you know, my amazing life. And then she meets Morgan Wade. And I think in January of 2022, when she meets Morgan Wade for the first time and they, or February, whenever they start meeting, and uh, according to Morgan, when she starts stalking Morgan, which is interesting, Kyle really was, from what we're hearing, the, um, I don't want to say the word aggressor, that just sounds bad, but the, the instigator, the, the creator of that relationship. Holly, I'll answer you in just a moment. Um. I do think that they started to have a relationship that was emotional, physical. I don't know. My, I have guesses. I'm not going to get into it. Pursuer. That's a great word. But Morgan, in my opinion, made Kyle feel something that she has never felt before or hasn't felt in 20 some years. And that's special, hot, number one, priority, young, sexual, desired. And I don't know if Mauricio was giving Kyle what she needed. It's literally what Alison Dubois predicted. This is just my, my story, right? My theory. And once Morgan Wade came into the picture, Kyle had to actually realize, I don't feel happy in this marriage. He's cheating on me. I'm not in love anymore. And sometimes it takes that other person or that other option, like the other canoe to jump into for you to realize this canoe is sinking. 
And people say, wait until your kids are older, wait until your kids are older. Well, I'm not a believer of that. Get out of your marriage if it's sinking, right? If you're in a bad marriage, get out of it. You don't have to fight, hit each other and Kim and Croy, Beerman it up. You may just be unhappy. And they gave it their shot. And it sounds to me like they have a really friendly co-parenting situation now. Now, I'm curious what Housewives will show us. It's speaking of... It's it's hinting that there will be an announcement of a relationship between Morgan and Kyle in that show. But it's also such a trailer. And we always have to remember that. We are always edited, given an edited version of things. So I don't know if things are actually going to come out. But by the end of Beverly Hills airing, which starts October 25th, it'll probably go I mean, usually it's about like 20 episodes or 15 episodes or something. So that's 15, 20 weeks. November, I mean, it'll go until at least January or February, I think. I have a feeling. I have a feeling it will, they'll be out and proud. That's my hope for them if they are. And if they're not, then I mean, I don't know a lot about this, but a lot of people say this is gay baiting if they are not in fact in love with each other. So- you guys let me know. I think it's really interesting. The trailer looks amazing. Now, what we don't get a lot of is Dorit and PK. We get one conversation between them. No, we get two things about it. We get Dorit with um, with PK, where PK is like, get over this robbery. So you remember they had that crazy robbery and my bestie Valerie was Dorit's therapist on the show. She was with me at the Jeff Lewis, not the Jeff Lewis, the Reality Bites event last weekend. Um and she's not getting over it because she she has serious PTSD because he wasn't there. PK wasn't there. And Dorit was. Dorit was the one that was dealt with and handled those, um, you know, robbers and, and with her kids in the house. Like, of course, she's going to have more PTSD than he ever will. And these kinds of things, by the way, in relationships, like what do they say ends relationships? Um, substance abuse, lying, gambling, sex religion, money, and lifestyle. And so sometimes when something really traumatic happens in your life and one person can't get over it, but the other one wants to get over it, like God forbid you have a child that dies or like someone gets very ill or whatever. A lot of times like the moms can't get over it as they shouldn't have to really. Whereas dads maybe are able to move on faster through it. Trauma, traumatic situations. So I'm curious. At some point, someone says, and I can't remember if it's Garcelle, like, or maybe it's Erica, like, are you guys good? Are you is your marriage solid to PK and, and Dorit? And she kind of just like gives a look. I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's a big storyline this season. So we'll have to see. But we also have not seen a lot of Dorit and PK content at all together on social. At all. Um, okay. Let's get into. Thank you guys for indulging me with the the trailer that I was obsessed with yesterday. Let's get into Jeff Lewis Live. For those of you that watch Jeff Lewis or listen to Jeff Lewis Live daily, shout out. We're all chumps over here. Most of us are. Some of us don't like him, but a lot of you guys do. So that's why I have to talk about it. Yesterday, there was a very, very awkward after show. Now, I don't listen to the after show personally, and I've said this. No offense to my after show um, the after show, show hosts, um, speak Donna hosts. I was going to say chump hosts. Um, I, I love 
a lot of them, I think they're all really talented. It's just another hour of my day that I just don't have because it's usually from 10 to 11 a.m. And I'm at that point showering, getting ready and prepping for this show. So I don't usually listen to it. Although I did listen to uh, yesterday's replay because everyone told me to. And that's what we'll talk about. And then I'll, I listened to today um, because my friend Monica Casey was one of the hosts and I wanted to hear them talk about it. So we'll get into it. Yesterday, Jamie Kennedy. Yes, the Jamie Kennedy. The Jamie Kennedy experiment, Jamie Kennedy. Malibu, most Malibu's most wanted, Jamie Kennedy. I've only heard good things about Jamie Kennedy, by the way. My old boss um, in casting, he had cast the Malibu show and like there was good, nice things about him. He was He's a good guy. So Jamie Kennedy was the co-host and the other co-host was a younger comic personality. Her name is Amanda McCants. She's a comedian. She's 26 years old. If I'm right about that, I could be wrong, but I may be right. 26 years old, you guys. That is so young. It's always like shocking, shocking when I hear that. So she was the co-host with Jamie Kennedy. And what you're supposed to do on this Jeff Lewis Live After Show is you're supposed to kind of talk about your, the show. You're supposed to kind of cover some things that were brought up in the, in the regular Jeff Lewis show. And then you're supposed to take calls and just like keep it light and keep it fun and keep it happy. That, that's the goal. Well, yesterday I listened to it and Jamie Kennedy, I find him very, very funny and very likable, very likable. His energy with Amanda McCants from the moment they started was insanely awkward. So awkward that even Jeff Lewis, who was in the room for it, he came in for the first like 20, 25 minutes. He couldn't even cut the awkwardness. You know, Jeff Lewis is a really good conversationalist. He's really good at hosting radio. He's really good at getting people to chat and cover things and talk to each other. And he literally couldn't even make it less awkward. It was quiet. It was like there was dead air. Um, They weren't really flowing off each other. Jamie was trying to say jokes and no one was laughing. And then Amanda kind of like was low energy. It, It just wasn't a good experience, but I don't listen to a lot of the after shows. So, you know, I just kind of took it for what it was towards the end of the show. And I'm saying in the last like five minutes of the show, a lot, Amanda McCants had been on the show last week with this uh, comedian, Zach Noe Towers. And a lot of people had written in that she was mean to Zach. And then she was kind of digging at Jamie a few times in yesterday's show. She was saying like, if you were and I were in a dark alley, I would be scared. And then she kind of gave him a hard time because he used flushable wipes on his face to clean them, to clean it. And so at the end of the show, she said, a lot of people thought I was mean to Zach. Do you think I'm mean to you, Jamie? And he says, you don't want to know what I think. And she's like, no, I really do want to know. And he was like, um, starts laughing. He starts laughing hysterically. He's like, (laughs) you don't, you don't think this show, how do you think this show went? which I really actually appreciated him because I'm finally, you're like, oh, I'm not alone feeling like this was an insanely bad hour. And he goes, and she goes, um, I think it went fine. We're just feeling each other out. And he's like, (laughs) you think this was good? This was not a good show. This was really awkward. Like it didn't go well. Right. He wasn't trying to be mean, but he was just being honest. Like the two of them didn't, it didn't flow. And she's like, you think I'm mean? 
And he's like, no, I don't think you're mean, but can I be honest? I think you're trying really hard to be cool. And she was like, okay, I I can accept that. And he's like, I feel like you have a guard up and you're trying to take me down so that you feel better about yourself. And she goes, oh, okay. I guess I'm just not very good at radio and I'm just trying to figure out how I can get better at radio. And it's a really hard medium for me. And then he starts noticing, obviously there's no video, but then he starts noticing that she starts tearing up and he's like, no, it's okay. It's okay. You're going to be okay. All of a sudden his like paternal instinct came in. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And then she starts sobbing. I would pull out the eyebrows, but she doesn't have sobbing Robin eyebrows, but she starts sobbing in this one hour show. I just like... It's just hard. I was talking about this last night with a friend too. And like, I guess I'm just getting triggered. I'm just getting triggered. And he was like, it's okay. Like you're young and newer and you know, you have to, you're a beautiful woman and you have to be a little bit wary. And, you know, um, I just thought that it would be really cool if you could just let your guard down and just be natural and be yourself without feeling like you have to put it on. And she started to cry hysterically. And then all of a sudden, Jamie had to now take care of her. And it got real weird. Then she starts talking about Lexapro and she starts talking about birth control and her meds. And it was it was an uncomfortable few minutes, especially when you're thinking the after show is like, this is a light place where we're supposed to come for fun. So I was listening to Jeff Lewis live this morning. I knew Monica Casey was doing the after show. So I sent her a text because I'm having lunch with her next week. And I sent her a text and I was like, girl, you have a big job today on the after show. No crying, no crying. And she's like, no tears. Only fun today with Zach Noe Towers, only fun. So they do end up talking about it. Jeff Lewis does come in and he said, I do feel bad for Amanda. I do feel like, you know, it does take a moment to get used to it. I de- I want to develop her. I think she's funny and I think that she's really talented and she's young and I do want to develop her. It's very hard to get attacked in the comments from people when you're in your 20s, et cetera. Um, And there's a part of me that uh, understands that because I've also been very sensitive to like negative comments and whatever, but this, you're like, she's a comedian, right? Her job is comedy and stand up, And so it's interesting that she's so sensitive about negative comments when your job is literally to try to make people laugh and by offending people. So I feel bad for Amanda if she got killed on the radio, but I am team Jamie on this one. At first I wasn't because I listened to the beginning part of the show and I was like, Jamie is not given giving anything good here. I thought Jamie was quiet. I thought he was awkward. I thought it was dark. I thought it was kind of like dead air. But then just hearing the end when he was like, we have no chemistry. He was basically saying we have no chemistry. And that is really important, you guys. For a good radio show, for a good TV show, for good co-hosts of anything, you have to have good chemistry. And if you don't have good chemistry, the interview is going to be bad. The hour is going to be bad. And um, so I don't know. What do you guys think? What makes a good host and what makes a good co-host? And this is the same with casting, like on reality shows. So let's get into really fast in the last 15 minutes or 10 minutes. I don't think I'll go the entire hour, but let's get into Salt Lake City because I did just finish that. 
And let's talk about the chemistry between this cast. So in this episode, they're now back from Trixie Motel in Palm Springs, and they're just basically recapping it the entire time. It was, to me, it wasn't a very interesting episode. I'm just going to be honest. I find Mary Cosby to be, I know a lot of you guys are super triggered by her because she comes in there. This is Mary Cosby who ran this like culty church. Um, I don't know if she still does. That she is a, um, she's very honest and she's not very nice. And so she will write to your face, be like, why are you eating that? You're eating too much. I think you should stop eating so much. Or she'll be like, I don't like that outfit. Why are you wearing that hair? Or she'll be like, I don't want to sit with you. Stop talking to me that way. Like she doesn't give a crap for whatever reason, because it's Mary, I'm okay with it. Like, I don't know. What is that about me? If it was someone else, I'd be like, wow, what a raging bee. But because it's Mary, I'm like, this is so enjoyable for me to watch. It's it's almost like she's on the spectrum and doesn't know how not to. Like she literally, like Tourette's, like she has no filter. She just says it. There's nothing stopping her, right? I want to see Mary Cosby on Jeff Lewis Live. Someone make that call. Mary Cosby needs to be a guest on Jeff Lewis Live. Can you imagine the trouble those two would get into together? It would be hysterical. So anyway, I like Mary Cosby. I do. She puts those women to shame in terms of her quips and stuff. Um, Let's see. Was there anything that was like so remarkable? Heather Gay has such a beautiful scene with her daughters. Beautiful scene. Um, where she's she's skiing with them and then she's sitting with them and she's devastated over the fact that they're getting made fun of at school. And they are saying, it's okay, mom, we can handle it. And Heather's like, but you shouldn't have to handle it. This is not what a 15-year-old should have to do. A 15-year-old should not have to go to school and not feel safe. And I thought that was just such a beautiful moment in conversation. I really liked that. Um, Lisa Barlow. I'm just like, I like, no, hold on. Let me try to do her voice. I sounded like Monica just now. I like nice things. Okay. I just like nice things. I like a party. I work hard and I'm not sorry about it. She has so much money. She's literally dripping in those Vita diamonds. Thank God for Lisa Barlow. We need a Lisa Barlow on that show. We need someone that's like, I'm rich and I don't care because we're watching Real Housewives. Now, Monica comes in and Monica's very triggered by her $60,000 ring and all her expenses and all her nice things and whatever. And she's like, I'm wearing Zara. I'm wearing Steve Madden. Well, that's cool. That's your issue. That's a Monica issue. And it's not really a Lisa issue. And it's not fair that she makes Lisa feel guilty about being who she is. But Monica should just decide it's triggering for me to be friends with Lisa Barlow. So I don't want to be friends with her anymore. That's honestly what she should do. But to make Lisa constantly have to apologize for herself, which Lisa is the best because she's like, I'm not apologizing. She's like, this is who I am. So there was a little bit of a drama there. And then let's get into the final of it. There was other stuff like Whitney and her husband. I mean, honestly, I do have to say something. Whitney and her husband had a very relatable conversation. So Whitney's husband was out of work because of the TV show, I think, for a solid year. And he finally just accepted another job. And Whitney has a 13-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son, I want to say. And she now is trying to come to grips with the fact that both dad and mom are working full-time. And so she says to the dad, what's his name? Is it John Greg?" Peter, Paul, and Mary, 
she says to the dad, um, her husband, this is going to be really hard. Like we have to talk about this because now I'm expected to have to do all the things just because I'm the woman. Like I have to get right back into, you know, doing all the laundry, cleaning, doing all the drop-offs, the pickups, this and this and that. Justin, thank you. And he's like, but you knew this, like you knew we were going, I was going back to work. How many women out there are in the same boat as this? I am truly in this boat today more than any other day. You should have, uh, you know, been part of my conversations this week where, and this is not in every house. This is not in every house. So if this is not your home, I am so jealous. And I guess this could also happen between two men in a gay relationship. This is not just for moms, but this is for parents. If you are that one person in your relationship that always feels like no matter what, what your jobs are, you are left with the work around the house. It doesn't matter if I'm making more money. It doesn't matter if I'm working harder. It doesn't matter. I am left with picking up all of that slack. Now, it doesn't mean he won't help, but it means I have to ask for it. Any of you guys in the same boat? I have to ask for it. Well, I don't want to ask a 44-year-old to freaking do a dish. Like, at what point does it just become second nature? That is the hardest part about it. The only time things will get done is when I'm out of town because there's really no one for it to fall on. But if I'm home and I'm in the house and I'm working and I'm around, it's on me. Just saying, it sucks. That situation is a universal situation, I think, in so many households, and it's so damn hard. And the amount, the amount, I mean, today, this week of tears that I've shed this week, specifically over responsibilities, stress, overwhelm, parenting, kids, and working. So if you guys are crying and dealing with this on your own, you're not alone. I am with you. I don't have full-time help. I am just now starting to open up my um, eyes to getting some help here with my kids. If you guys saw my Instagram story, so I'm meeting someone today. I, because a woman is like, the mom is, ugh, it's very hard. I hope you guys don't come at me in the, oh, Amy, cried in the shower. Yeah, it's been a real rough go. I think we're just getting into a very busy season with Halloween and then it's the holidays and I just had to sign my kids up for summer camp and I just had to, you know, I have to make sure that I'm planning his birthday correctly and then also I have to make sure that he has all his uniforms ready for all the sports and all the birthday parties every weekend. Like it, it's, it's a lot and it's all on me. Not bitter. Just honest. All right. Um, so I like that relationship conversation. I thought it was actually relatable. But you, one of you guys said, but meanwhile, Whitney was out the next scene just partying. Yes, but that is her job. Whitney's job is to party. She's getting paid a lot of money to go out to these parties. Okay. Um, and then the final thing was this Angie relationship thing where there's apparently a rumor that Meredith is spreading that Angie and her hairstylist husband – who already we know are not having a lot of sexual encounters because 
the daughter sleeps in their bed, I guess. Her relationship is strongly focused towards, or her life is strongly focused towards being a mother and not on her husband and her relationship with him. So we already kind of have that background. And he's a hairstylist. And now we're hearing these rumors that apparently their marriage is a sham and he is sleeping with men. Maybe Mauricio. No, just kidding. <laughs> it's between this couple and then so many rumors about Jessel and Pavitt over on Real Housewives of New York that maybe they're sleeping together like, or that he's, you know, not into women. These are just rumors and they're very dangerous. And I feel really bad for any man or woman that gets these rumors spoken about them when they have not actually shown any proof of anything that you know, leads to that way. So we have to be tread very carefully. And especially that Meredith's son, I think at this point, Brooks is officially has come out. I don't know. It took him a while, I think. But Meredith has a gay son. It feels a little bit weird to go out there and try to like out someone. I don't love it. Um, But that's where the episode ended. So was it good? It was good. Was it great? Eh. I don't know if you guys feel the same way about Salt Lake City. All right, tonight is the OC reunion. We will be watching that in my house. Well, me, I will be watching that. And I think that's it. I'll probably be doing dishes. <laughs> doing dishes and 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 you know, folding laundry. Being a mom. Um okay, so let's let's talk tomorrow you guys. Thank you so much dosers. Uh That's it. Bye y'all. <laughs>